friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the April 28th edition of the sunny side of sports. Thanks to Douglas and Puga for hosting the show on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. It's good to be back behind my trusty Voice of America microphone. Let's tip off with African men's basketball. The Cape Town Tigers are preparing for next month's Basketball Africa League playoffs in Kigali, Rwanda. Vicky Stark spoke with the American owner of the team and the South African assistant coach in Cape Town, South Africa. Fresh from the Nile Conference in Egypt, where they finished third, the team, comprising eight South Africans, a player from Central Africa, one from Congo, and two Americans, is focusing on winning Africa's biggest basketball tournament, the BAL. Cape Town Tigers owner Raphael Edwards, who hails from Brooklyn, New York, says they learned valuable lessons. We did okay in Egypt. You know, we we achieved the goal, which was to make the playoffs. 100% will be great basketball. I've seen them play 75 to 80% in practice. But in Egypt, we only achieved about 55 to 60%. And, you know, now that we're back home, we're just trying to tighten up the screws. We saw and got the feel of the pace of the game. And I, I believe we will. We keep getting better every time we play. And I think when we go back to Kangali, I'm expecting us to start at 65 70% and go from there. Win or lose, the Cape Town Tigers, which was founded by Edwards in 2019, are already the Southern African Regional Club champions. We achieved this success with a lot of hard work, really and truly. Um, my background is of player development. I've trained a handful of NBA players. Um, the most recent is Brandon Ingram, who used to play for the Lakers, and now he plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. And he's one of the leading scorers in the NBA right now in playoffs. And what I did was, you know, with my coaches, we handpicked groups of talent nationally from South Africa. And we trained for like eight months rigorously, twice a day, six days out the week. He says despite their success, they haven't managed to secure any funding or sponsorship deals. All of this is privately funded. We can't get any funding from the city or from the country. And that's amazing. One of the funders is the owner, Shante Butler, and myself. We have been funding the Cape Town Tigers since it was established. Solely. How long will he stick around for if money doesn't start coming in? I mean, I didn't set a certain timeline. I'm just working. And I'm working hard and doing my best to do both, the business end, to make a change. And, you know, so far I think we're doing an okay job, but if we had a little assistance, we could be doing more. I think it'll come eventually, but um, I'm prepared to go all the way. You know, I, I don't have a plan B. I'm going to make this work. 
Uh, my partner feels the same way. Cape Town Tigers assistant coach, 40-year-old South African Vincent Tunja, is from the Cape Town township of Guguletu. He is a national champion. I remember when I started, I just lost uh, my father. I was uh, 14 years old. He believes in Edwards' vision to not only have a world-class club, but also build an academy in Cape Town where talent from all over the continent can come and train and can feed high schools and colleges in the States. I believe that it was my purpose to be uh, on planet Earth to see how I can continue to use basketball as a vehicle for many other kids that may come after me because where I'm standing, I understand what it has done for me, having to survive the local gangs, having to survive all the social ills associated in growing up in the streets of Kukulet. Ntunja is also amped about the trip to Kigali, where he believes the team will make history by becoming the first South African team to not only participate in the BAL, but also win it. The playoffs take place at the Kigali Arena from May 21 to 28. In their first game, the Cape Town Tigers faced Tunisia's U.S. Monastar in the quarterfinals. For the sunny side of sports, this is Vicky Stark in Cape Town, South Africa. Thanks, Vicky. Meanwhile, Cape Town's team captain, Peter Prinsloo, tells VOA about adjustments the Tigers must make to beat Monastir in Kigali. Uh, I think we just, we've learned that when we play together as a team, we move the ball and, you know, we play proper basketball. Uh, we're a great team. Um, those are the stretches that we've shown so far where we play maybe 20 to 25 minutes of good basketball out of the 40. But then we, you know, we've learned that when we become a selfish team and, you know, uh, guys force up quick shots or we don't move the ball and get stagnant, that we make life a lot harder for ourselves. So, you know, we know we got to work on things like that when we go back home. Uh, you know, now we're here. Uh, guys can start focusing on that when we start our training again to really stay within a unit because when we do play our style of basketball, we can, you know, compete with anybody. Uh, when we become real individualistic and, you know, people don't share the ball, we everybody, you know, just holds on to it, then it's bad basketball. Um, so those things are kind of what we need to focus on because at this point we know that we also, if we're not going to rebound the ball, we're not going to win games. We saw that uh, a couple of our games were actually were really weak on the offensive last, um, I believe, our last game. They got like 30 offensive rebounds. And so we understand that we have to become a better rebounding team collectively uh, because otherwise we're not going to be able to succeed at a high level. In terms of high-level success in Rwanda next month, Peter Prinsloo is optimistic. We're coming into this, you know, with all expectations to walk out of there with a W. Um, we understand that with the talent that we have on this team, if we put it together properly for 40 minutes, we're, you know, it's going to be hard for any team to beat us. We understand what Monastery, you know, the team has a history. I played in Tunisia for a tiny bit in 2016, so I saw the level of competition out there. Um, and no, obviously they've been around for a while. They play together a very, you know, good system similar to, you know, your European basketball where everybody can play. They get the ball to their bigs. Um, so we understand that this is a disciplined team and that we have to, you know, play good basketball. We can't come in there making, you know, stupid mistakes and, you know, forcing things if, because that way, that, against teams like that, you get hurt. Um, you know, they move the ball well, they play team defense, they rebound as a unit, you know, they make smart plays, they don't do, try and do too much. And that's 
you know, a reason why they've been so successful in Africa and within Tunisia in the last, you know, I don't know how many, I know the club's been around for quite some time. So we understand that it's going to be a tough matchup, but that now we really have four weeks to focus on the things that we did bad in Egypt. We've seen, you know, where we're weak and where we're good and just, you know, lock in and try and key in that we can put 40 minutes of basketball like that together. That's Peter Prinsloo, the captain of the Cape Town Tigers basketball team. And Peter spoke with VOA from Cape Town, South Africa. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's premier men's basketball league to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Prince Nesta had a chance to talk with the founder of an elite basketball academy in Kenya. Here's Prince. I'm joined right now by Zedekayo Tieno, head coach of Vikapu Elite Basketball Academy, an academy which basically seeks to empower Kenyan talent uh, by providing them with basketball skills. Uh, welcome to the program, Zedekayo. Thank you very much, Nesta. I'm glad to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about what this is all about and what type of players you actually nurture and prepare? Yeah, so growing up, uh, I didn't have mentors. I didn't have like people to lead me and guide me and teach me the correct uh, techniques or mechanics of just playing the sport. So having played the game uh, for a long time, I decided to shift focus uh, into, into coaching. So I started coaching was around 15 years uh so i was just playing and coaching playing and coaching then six years ago i decided to start a, my own program uh so i co-founded it uh with a lady uh, called cynthia then cynthia left then came in grace so we are now co-partners at uh, the couple Elite basketball academy uh this is a premium basketball uh, program where kids uh pay to get trained basketball uh so far we have 70 kids in the program we try to ensure that uh, we give them uh, the best uh, quality. Uh, we have a curriculum for them. Uh, we organize tournaments, we organize trips, both locally and internationally. We do camps for them. So we just try to ensure that we give them a holistic uh, approach when it comes to the game of basketball. And um, this is so, so important because also we're using sports as a tool uh, to just teach uh, basic life skills at the same time use sports as a tool uh, for life-changing because uh, the spaces that we are creating uh, with the basketball courts and everything are turning out to be safe spaces. Uh, Remember, we're in a community whereby there's a lot of neglect. There is a lot of uh, parental uh, or parents being away for long. So majority of these kids uh, need a place whereby they can run, they can get all that energy, they can get somebody to speak to, and uh, we are seeing a very, very positive change in terms of like 
depression levels going down, less use of drugs and substance abuse. So it's a holistic approach uh, that we are trying to use sports as a tool to make a difference in so many uh, kids or children's lives. That's really wonderful. And thank you very much for, you know, um, playing a part in terms of growing basketball in the country. You know, some of these kids someday are going to feature in the NBA, you know, Basketball African League tournament, which has been, you know, ongoing. As you've rightfully mentioned, there are lots of players are coming from other parts of the world, are basically taking part in the tournament. And here at Voice of America, Sunny Young and I have been providing coverage to our Voice of America listeners during the Sahara and Nile conferences and, you know, last year during the Kigali conference. And so I would like to ask you, Kenya hasn't really sent a team to the ongoing Basketball African League. What do you think it will take for them to do so? Because I saw South Sudan sent a team for the first time and, you know, Kenya is lagging behind. First and foremost, uh, Kenya sent a team uh, in the Basketball African League but uh, we've always lost uh, in the qualification stages. So we have never gone to the maybe final 12, final eight, uh, because remember the first time it was uh, Kenya Post Authority, KPA, uh, they were late, they gave a walkover, they could not proceed because of the walkover. Uh, this time round it was Ulinzi. They played the first tournament, uh, which they lost uh, in South Africa. Um, now, uh, for us to get to the level of some of these uh, giants, uh, because if you look at uh, U.S. Monastery, if you look at A.S. Sarle, if you look at Zamalek, if you look at Pedro de Luanda, if you look at um, uh, Fukash, these are teams that, even if you look like Tigers of, 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 of South Africa, these are teams that um, are putting a mark in the continent. They're making a very, very big difference. So back here, we need to invest. Uh, and by invest, I mean both financially, both talent-wise, and uh, both infrastructure. Because we need infrastructures that can sustain uh, the development of that talent. Because no matter how experienced you are, you always still need to develop, you always still need to grow. So we need uh, infrastructure, we need gyms, uh, we need equipment, uh, we need coaches to be empowered, to be uh, trained so that they can get to that high level. So it is quite a very, very big uh, setup for us to get to that level. So far, uh, we are not doing a good job uh, on our end. We need to attract talent. We need to pay talent. So it's going to take us time uh, if we are to realize, and we need to start looking at ways of commercializing sports. Because if we commercialize sports and start paying, that is the only way we're going to attract the best talent. And if you attract the best talent, it only means that our league is going to improve. And if our league improves, it means we, ha- we stand a chance to uh, fight when we go to play such tournaments. Because remember, if you look at the likes of Zamalek, Pedro de Luanda, these are teams that are continental champions. They are teams that have dominated uh, this continent when it comes to good, pure talent. So for us, we need, first of all, develop our talent development structures, make sure it's a, it's a well-oiled pipeline to produce the best talent, give them exposure, uh, get the best training, let our coaches be trained, then we can start competing at that high level. So it is a stretch for now, but I think it's, it can be done. It only depends uh, of the will 
of, of the teams that exist and also the federation in terms of what is their plan uh, for basketball in this country. Any other thing that you'd like to add? What I'll add is like uh, Basketball Africa League uh, is the next big thing in Africa, next big thing in the world. Uh, it is mapping out Africa in terms of talent. Uh, we have seen uh, some of the young upcoming talents. Uh, they came up with something called Elevate. Uh, we saw a couple of players who were 15, 16-year-olds putting up a show. And that is amazing. It only shows that how Africa is a goldmine of talent. And if we are able to refocus and look at sports uh, as an economic model, never alone what our politicians are selling to us right now, and we're just able to package it nicely, we can provide employment uh, not only for athletes, but also for our masses. So we need to look at uh, or change or look at sports with a different uh, lens. And we need to transform sports uh, so that it is commercialized. It's one of the biggest, it contributes to the economy of these world economies from the US, China now. Sports is playing a very, very big part in terms of like just transforming lives, employment opportunities and stuff. And in Africa, we need to do that if we are to ensure that we are reducing the unemployment rates uh, in Africa. That's Zedekai Otieno, the founder of Vikapu Elite Basketball Academy in Kenya. And he spoke with Prince Nesta from the Kenyan capital, Nairobi. Hello, listeners. My name is David Temong, the Paralympic silver medal 2016, gold 2017, bronze 2020, Tokyo, Japan. You are listening to Sunny Side of sport on the voice of america world boxing council heavyweight champion tyson fury was talking about retirement after his recent victory over fellow britain dillian white fury stopped white in six rounds with a big uppercut at wembley stadium in london for reaction to fury and possible retirement and his victory at wembley stadium Iron Mike Embonye spoke with a boxing analyst and former heavyweight champion from River State, Nigeria, the big John Senebo. Oh, yeah, it went as expected. I had known before now that Tyson Fury was going to beat Dylan White. I mean, Tyson Fury has proven to the world that it's a very hard nut to crack as far as the heavyweight division of professional boxing is concerned. We saw that fight between him and John Tewada, and I knew he was going to beat Dylan White. And I also knew it was going to be a knockout. In fact, watching from the press interview, I know Dillian White was too casual for somebody like Tyson Fury. With the way things are now, do you see our old Anthony Joshua, also known as AJ, standing two-to-two, punch-for-punch against Tyson Fury? How do you think that will go? It's going to be a very tough fight. Of course, I know Anthony Joshua will be able to stand toe-to-toe with Tyson Fury. I mean, we all saw Anthony Joshua's fight with Vladimir Klitschko. We saw what happened between him and Vladimir Klitschko. And as far as I'm concerned, that fight is the toughest fight in Anthony Joshua's professional boxing career. So I believe, and very strongly too, that Anthony Joshua can stand toe-to-toe with Tyson Fury anytime. In fact, that should be the next biggest fight everybody would like to see as far as the heavyweight division of professional boxing is concerned. Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury is definitely going to be one big battle. 
Anthony Joshua knows how to fight best when he's facing a champion. It's always the underdogs that trip him. When it comes to fighting the champions, Anthony Joshua would definitely give Tyson Fury the fight of his life. The world can't wait to see that fight. Apart from Anthony Joshua, which other heavyweight can stop the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury? For now, I really don't see any other heavyweights that can give Tyson Fury the kind of fight Anthony Joshua or Deontay uh, uh, Wilder will give him. For now, I really don't see any other heavyweight. Not Joe Joyce, not Alexandra Yuzik. I mean, if it is Alexandra Yuzik, Anthony Joshua's conqueror, the height difference and the body mass, the weight class is different. Anthony Joshua is one man that can give Tyson Fury a fight of his life. I really don't think there's another heavyweight right now in the heavyweight division that can give Tyson Fury that kind of fight we all want to see. It's been reported that Tyson Fury is planning to retire at the age of 33. What would that mean for the boxing world? What would be the implication for the boxing world? Definitely a loss for the professional heavyweight division. I mean, Tyson Fury, oh, I, wonder, I ask myself sometimes, who is Tyson Fury afraid of? I mean, at the age of 33, he still got age on his side. There's no reason why Tyson Fury should retire right now at the age of 33. The world is still waiting to see an undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Lennox Lewis was the last heavy, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, and that is 22 years counting. The world wants to see Tyson Fury, in my own opinion, should not retire now. He should fight to become an undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world. There are still a couple of guys to beat as far as the heavyweight division of professional boxing is concerned. Can, can, can you name them? Of course, there is Anthony Joshua to beat. There is Anthony Joshua's conqueror, Alexandra Yusik, to beat. If you don't beat these guys, for the past three years, Tyson Fury has beaten just three men. He beat Dante Wilder in three years. He's been fighting just one man, Dante Wilder, Otto Wallin, and now Dylan White. He should stay more to beat Anthony Joshua. And then for you to become an undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world, take a look at Iron Mike Tyson. During his time, he beat almost all the credible heavyweights. And if you don't beat them, there's no way you'll be an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Iron Mike Tyson beat Tony Tucker, Tony Topstar, Biggs, Thomas Pinkling, Peter McNeely, Buster Martins, Frank Bruno. Name them, he beat all of them. And that's what made him an undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Same goes for Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis beat Mike Tyson, he beat Evander Olivet, Oliver McCall, Shannon Briggs, Peter he beat all those people he has ever lost to him. That made him an undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world. In my opinion, Tyson Fury will never be a great boxer retiring at this age of 33. There's no reason for him to retire. The world still wants to see him beat people like Anthony Joshua, and then he can retire. Can I also ask this question? If our big John can stop the Gypsy King, if not our big John, can we say that my producer, Sonny Young, or <laughs> the king of pugilistic, the Hollywood Moweta, can stop Tyson Fury. I would like to fight Sonny Young first, and then I'll take him the Moweta first. Then I'll go ahead to face Tyson Fury. In fact, if Tyson Fury retires, I'll bring him out from retirement so that we can fight. <laughs> Thank you so much, Big John. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you on the sunny side of sports. <laughs> All right, that's the big John Senebo, boxing analyst and former heavyweight champion from River State, Nigeria. The big John, he outweighs me by a few pounds. The big John, I'm going to let you go up against Namdi Moeta first. And then, then maybe, maybe, maybe I'll take on the winner. Sportings, greetings to you, sports fans. This is John Senebo, a.k.a. the Big John, boxing analyst, boxing promoter, 
here at Trian River State and former River State heavyweight boxing champion. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Keep it locked right here. Thank you. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA. Next up, we feature a conversation with Congressman Michael Waltz, a Republican from the state of Florida, about his views on U.S. foreign policy and a Q&A between my Ukrainian colleague, Tatiana Voroshko, and renowned historian and author Anne Applebaum about her recent meeting in Kiev with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Carol. And thanks also to Iron Mike and Bonnier for that interview with the big John Senebo in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The Men's Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. In in NBA playoff action Wednesday night, the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks advanced to the second round with a 16-point victory over the visiting Chicago Bulls. The AP's Chuck Freeman reports from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee got a brief scare in the series, but ended up winning four games to one, a 116-100 victory in the clincher. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 33 points as the Bucks recovered after losing the game and Chris Middleton to a knee injury in game two. The Bucks came roaring back to win the next three games, each by double digits. Antetokounmpo says the Bucks regrouped after game two. We knew what we had to do. We had to be desperate. You know, we had to go out there and compete at a high level, you know, like pay attention to detail as much as possible. The Bulls were shorthanded. They shot a franchise record 52 three-point attempts trying to chase their way back into the game after the Bucks pulled out to an early lead. The Bucks move on to play Boston in round two. Chuck Freeman, Milwaukee. Thanks, Chuck. From Milwaukee, let's go to San Francisco, California where the Golden State Warriors advanced to the second round of the NBA playoffs. The AP's Ryan Leong reports from San Francisco. The Warriors fought off the Nuggets to win the series in five games, 102-98. Denver down three games to none, nearly forced a game six, but Stephen Curry scored 11 of his 30 points in the fourth quarter to eliminate the Nuggets. In the fourth quarter, it's just about can you find a way to just get it done, get enough stops to... Speed up the game a little bit, put some pressure on them, and we were able to do that. Obviously, everybody contributed. It was a it was a fun fun way to finish the game. Clay Thompson and Gary Payton the second each added 15 points in the loss. Nikola Jokic with 30 points, 19 rebounds, and eight assists. Demarcus Cousins added 19 off the bench. The Warriors face the winner of the Memphis Minnesota series in the second round. Ryan Leong, San Francisco. Thanks, Ryan. on the next Straight Talk Africa. I have an exclusive conversation with Yuwari Museveni, the president of Uganda for over three decades. We discuss democracy, security, and stability in Africa, and lots more. Yuwari Museveni in his own words. Wednesday on Straight Talk Africa at 18.30 UTC. In more NBA news... Let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks, 
who has been named the league's teammate of the year. Now, this award is voted on by NBA players, and Holiday is the first player to win it more than once. Jeru Holiday also earned the honor in the 2019-2020 season as a member of the New Orleans Pelicans. The award recognizes the NBA player regarded as the best teammate based on selfless play, on and off court leadership, and as a mentor and role model to other players. More than 300 NBA players submitted their votes. The 31-year-old Holiday averaged more than 18 points and nearly seven assists a game during the regular season. He and the defending champion Bucks will play the Boston Celtics in the second round of the NBA playoffs. That best-of-seven series is scheduled to begin Sunday in Boston. The Celtics swept the Brooklyn Nets in four consecutive games in the first round. up the April 28th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.